Right, let me just record on GarageBand first. I'll wait for this to start recording um, and then we'll get going. Right, I think we're good. Hey guys, and welcome to today's episode of Give It The Beans. This is the second video that will be going on YouTube of the podcast and my guest today probably has bigger delts than me, I would imagine, in some of our photos. It is the one <laughs> the only Chloe Pickford. How are we doing? I'm good, thank you. I'm good, thanks. Wicked. Now, for anyone who doesn't know much about yourself, your delts, or perhaps your um, whipping your hair back and forth, um, RDLs, can you give the listeners a little bit of a, a brief background, um, your history, your career, uh, your you know accomplishments in bodybuilding today? I think that'd be awesome. Yeah, of course. So, um, I am an online coach, uh, PT as well, and I'm from London. So, I used to live in Oxford, but I made the move to London. Um, back in the summer, so huge move for me. Um, and then a bit by myself, I'm a bodybuilder um, and British champion from 2018. It's really weird to say 2018 because I always think I'm in 2019, so I'm like, what are you doing? Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, so I am a figure competitor as well. Um, and I started bodybuilding, God, it must be five years ago now. Um, Basically, because I've always been in sports, I've always been a sporty person. I was, I horse rode to quite a competitive high level as well, um, and I did athletics for the county. I did dance. I did county hockey. So I did a multitude of sports. Um, so for me, being in a sport and being dedicated and committed to something has always been something I've been following, to be honest. And I think it's the reason why bodybuilding for me I don't, I don't want to say it's a breeze because it's not because I have had my ups and downs and we'll yeah. discuss that in the podcast but the commitment side for me it doesn't like phase me at all and it's very very natural to me and also the, like the dedication like when I was riding horses we I used to get up before school all through my school years all the way through to sixth form when I was doing my A-levels and um I would get up at like before school at 6 a.m to muck out my horse to ride my horse and I let them have to be at school by 8.30 and then do a whole day of lessons and then go back and maybe ride another horse. So I was honestly committed. My weekends were spent competing um, and I just, yeah, I don't know a life without sports or some commitment, yeah. to be honest. So that's like a brief introduction of me, but we can go into more of the podcast. <laughs> now, I, th- I think you're a very humble uh, lady. You mentioned British champion. Um, a lot of people go, oh, what's that? And a lot of people might not know what category that you compete in because some people yeah. listen to podcasts are perhaps beginners, intermediates. So could you give someone an idea of British champion and what fed and what category for us? Yes. Yeah, so when I started competing, I was with the UK BFF and I just wanted to start a bikini. So I went to see Helen Panther, one of the judges, many people in the UK BFF. I stepped into the posing room. I was so new to the sport. I had no fucking idea what I was doing. And she looked at me and she went, what category are you doing? And I said, bikini. She went, hmm. And she literally looked at my legs and just went, I'm sorry, Chloe, you are not doing bikini. And that's before the wellness category came in. So I think wellness came in a year or two years after that. And that would have been the category for me because I had a smaller upper body. Like I'm actually very narrow. So my clavicles are... Like my clavicle story is really short. Sure. Um, so for me to get width is quite difficult. So when I first started, I was just like a little bean pole up, to, up, up top with a, you know some abs, some definition, but no real density or muscle. Um, my legs were just always, I've always been bigger than my body. 
Um, so I competed with the UK BFF and I placed, well, I got, I think I got third place in my first ever show. And that was in body fitness. Um, so I went straight into the deep end because that was the, the federation to be in, wasn't it? Yeah. Back in the day. Yeah, yeah, it was, yeah, it was the biggest one. Um, so I thought, you know what, I'm not going to do the other low, lower key federations. Um, I went straight into the deep end and I did really well. Then I got top 10 at the British finals in my first year. And then second year, I then got a third again. And then I got top six at the British finals. And all the girls with me on stage are all now IFBB pros. Oh, wow. So, yeah. So it's my time to shine. Like I shared the stage with Rhea. Obviously, she's at the top end of bodybuilding. There was Gab's Body Fit. There was, God, loads of them. So it's, it's amazing seeing how far we've actually all come. And then I then did PCA on my well, third year. And PCA had like, well, was a new federation to be in then uh, two years ago. And it still is now. It's an amazing federation. And I did athletic figure. I went in with literally no expectations going. Honestly, I was just like, I'm here. I was backstage. I saw some big girls and I thought, well, God, do I stand a chance? Um, but stage and performing for me comes very naturally. Mm-hmm. So I got out on the stage and I was just like, everyone just look at me. <laughs> <laughs> That's what you have to do though. Do you know what? I actually, man. As fucked up this is, as this sounds, when I go on that stage, I pretend, or in my head, I think I'm a stripper. Right, okay. I, so, I've never heard like, that. But... Like... <laughs> Pose like <Yeah>. a stripper. <laughs> yeah, so it's not like, obviously not a stripper, but a performer. Because you have to showcase yourself and you have to be confident. Um, let's, and let, we can get on that me, as well in the podcast. Let, let's face it, right? You don't see... I mean, and I say this in the nicest way possible. You don't yeah. see an, you don't see an ugly chick winning like a, a British title or a regional or something like that. They're usually good looking and they usually have a bit of sass. And any time I yeah. go, it's... you'll see you'll see a female not smile and maybe perhaps not be looking great. And they don't place. And like yeah. for as much as that shouldn't be part of it, it, it totally is. So what you've just said, I hundred percent agree. I, I mean, think it's a you basically said I'm a pretty girl. So thank but, you. <laughs> but but personally, I don't try and be I don't try and be a stripper. I try and be no, a grace graceful ballerina. That's what I say. A male graceful yeah, ballerina. I think for guys, it's, it, is, it is more ballet actually, because actually, I a bodybuilder I know quite well. He actually said it's like being well doing a ballet dance on stage you have to be so in tune with your body when you come to your routines um anyway so yeah so in 2018 did my qualifier for pca and i won um and then they're like okay well we have the overalls later did i think i would win that no i didn't like absolutely no way because there's like i think it was me megan sylvester um who is amazing um and then a couple of other good girls as well I can't remember their names but anyway so I thought well I have no chance and I barely took the overall and that just gave me such fire I was just I was absolutely I cried like if you watch my YouTube videos and any posts I put the emotion that I had on stage I mean I'm even like getting tingles now it's just the most amazing feeling knowing that you've just prepped for 20 I think my prep was 24 weeks or something um well from the beginning all the way through to the world's but knowing that you've even prepped for 16 weeks is just, you know, it's, it's a difficult thing, as, as you know yourself. Yeah. Um, and then I then went to the British, and then I thought, oh, I've done really well. Let's end this on a high. And I've really won that as well. 
So I took the British title and that was just literally ugh, a dream come true. And then I went on to the Worlds, but unfortunately, because I'd been dieting for so long, I think my physique looked tired. And I think I think I went for it because I was in condition, you know, you might as well. Um, but I think looking back at the pictures, I looked tired. And also on stage, I couldn't perform very well because my boyfriend was severely ill in intensive care in hospital. Um, well, pretty much intensive care. He had blood poisoning. So for me, like he wasn't there. I was just not with it in my head. And the feedback was you just didn't shine like you did in your previous shows. And I just thought, Do you know what? This is when you need to just not compete. You know, don't chase shows. Yeah. You need to just be aware of how you look. But I did it because I knew I was going to have a year off. Um, but yeah, so it was good. It was a really good year. Yeah, and I think that sometimes, like when you're that close, and someone mentions the worlds, like if like, you'll do whatever you can to compete on that stage, yeah. you just want a British overall title. Like, exactly. of course you're going to do it. Like, you eat fucking grass. If Carl was to say go eat grass, right? But <laughs> I think we see, like, that's three years in a row you competed, right? And this sort of leads us yeah. on to today's... So I had um, two different coaches. I wasn't with Carl back then. Okay, cool. But I think that so, it, yeah. what it will place emphasis on is that you've competed three years in a row, uh, and often that's very, very common within males and females. Um, but often the ones that come back, they get better and get better, often have time off. And, and yeah. make improvements. So, I guess my first question to you, and, and let's keep this to the female side of things, is you know, why do you think it's so important to take time away from the stage? Well, so for me, obviously in prep you do lose, uh, lose tissue. So my legs, because they are big and they're known to, <laughs> I'm known for my legs basically. Um, they obviously they they did lose size, but because they were so big before, they didn't look too bad. But my upper body. Jesus, I lost a lot of size looking back. Um, so I knew I was going to have to take time off and it was only going to be last year. And then we got to about, then I um, changed from Josh to Callum um, and everyone asked me why I did that, but it was just to get a new fresh pair of eyes. Yeah. And it's just what happens in coaching. You know, I've, it, it's just a very, very normal thing. So then I started with Cal in I think November, December. And then in the January, uh, when I got back from skiing, I just lost my appetite. And it had li- literally, it was gone. And even in October, when I finished the Worlds, normally I come off stage one and I'm just like, give me the food. Like, oh my God. And, I, and I've actually had very bad rebounds. Okay. I've not, like in my first show, I think I gained 10 kilos in a week. It was just, I looked absolutely fucking awful. It was the worst thing I learned from that. Second year, it wasn't great, but... I probably ate too much and then I started binging, but we'll go into that in a bit. So I had a bit of a binging issue. And then I just came off stage in my third year and I was just like, I'm not even hungry. And that's just alarm bells in my head. And I just thought, okay. And then my appetite, you know, when you just get that, you know, the couple of weeks after you just can't stop eating. I never had that. Right. And I was like, this is weird for me. Um, and then my just appetite just got worse and worse and worse. And of course, if you're not eating, you're then just looking a bit, well you're looking smaller you're not performing in the gym your logbook isn't showing any progression and then I moved to London which then was more stress so stress and that combined even less appetite yeah um and then I lost about four kilos and I just said to Cal this is just ridiculous now I'm such a foodie I love food I want to get big I want to you know I want my pro card 
and that's not going to happen if I can't grow and I can't eat. Sure. Um, and I was getting disheartened, so I went down the whole route, doctors, scans in my stomach, internal scans, they wanted me to do a, well, I did one stools analysis, they wanted me to do another one, so it got quite serious because they wanted to rule out anything severe, because for me it's very unlikely to not have an appetite. Sure. Um, and then nothing really came back. So I worked with a nutritionist for a bit and she just said, look, Chloe, your diet, like you're on a meal plan, like this meal plan that you've been on, because I've been on a meal plan ever since I started bodybuilding, right? Okay. I don't know life without one, even in my off seasons. But uh, last year, I just thought to myself, I can't do meal plans anymore because I wasn't getting the variety of foods. And honestly, I think when I took the stress, because I then took time away from training, because I'd been competing for three years and my mind had not switched off. It had been constant, you know, you have, you, you compete and then you only have about four or five months off if you're doing another, sh- like other shows the year after. Yeah. So it's not really an off season, is it? No. It's just sort of like get your hormones back, straight back into prep. So yeah. you kind of don't switch off. And I think that just got too much for me mentally and my body was just like, you are not fucking doing this again. Um, and so then I decided to take this year off as well, my appetite is back. So I took the stress off. I didn't train really in November, December, really. Not like I am now. Yeah. Just took the stress off, stopped counting any calories, didn't have a clue what I was having macro-wise, calorie-wise. And then honestly, after Christmas, boom, 2020 came along and I was back to Chloe again. Yeah. And I mean, I think that just shows you how long it can often take for, I don't know, like how much you need to reduce stress for the body to get back to where it needs yeah. to be and you, <clears throat> I mean you can go down the rabbit hole of scans get blood work done this and the next time but sometimes you just need to say to someone listen you just gotta have some time off right? yeah. and you just gotta as you said like take the focus away and one thing I liked uh, I remember I think you first reached out to me this is when the podcast is quite new um, I was looking at one of your stories and there was like a, it was like a pizza and chips and you were like I never would have done this you know say a few years ago and I'm like it's good to see you coming out and there'll be other females, I'm sure, that oh. compete in the same, coming out of that hole and being able to, you know, eat quote-unquote, not like, nor- like normal, as we would say, and not freak out about it. because Yeah, well, look, I'm here with my hobnobs in a cup of tea. Yeah, there we go. And I could not give a shit. And the thing is, I won't eat this whole packet, okay? I don't feel the need to have this whole packet. Yeah. I'll have two or three. Will I feel guilty about that? No, I won't. Why? Because it's not going to be... For those of us on prep, sugar-free water. That's what I've got. <laughs> I still have that, you know. But um, my relationship with food is the best it's ever been. I've never known life to be like this with food. Like, I spent at school, I was always watching what I was eating. So I think I had, like, post-A-levels, um, I then stopped eating and I got down to seven stone. Wow. Um, and it became... And I looked like a rake. To the point where my mum said to me, I was trying on bikinis because I was just due to go to Australia for my gap year. And she said to me, Chloe, you're not fucking going like this. You look, you're, you're trying on an age 10 bikini and you're fitting into it. She said, I'm not letting you go to Australia until you sort yourself out. So sorted myself out a bit, went to uni, then at uni again, restricting, restricting, restricting. I, I think I had one pizza at uni, would never have, you know, when we were drunk, I would never have anything bad. If I had something, it might be oats or something. So it was just, you know, and then everyone was saying to me, you know, why, why do you let yourself go? And I'm like, because I just, I'm scared of what will happen if I have too much food. Yeah. And then competing, obviously it, it controls that in prep, but then post-show and post-prep, you then have to push food. And then I struggled in my first and my second year, and then I ended up binging. 
and my calories weren't very high in my off season um, in my second year, but I was binging and then I was putting on more weight and I got up to 79 kilos at one point. What are you right now? Uh, 74, 73, 74. Yeah. And I think, and with a little more tissue. Yeah. I think that the, the binging side of things is often something that many competitors, and this is guys as well, they just get ashamed to, yeah. to speak about it. I'm like, the only way to get better, for it to get over, is you got to you got to talk about it, and you got to talk to others that have been through it, that have overcome it, or perhaps work with a coach that has had experience with that. But often people yeah. try and hide, and and as a coach, right, you open a check in, and you say to someone, "You've been eating more than that." No, you tell yeah. like, "No, no, I've not." Go, all right, listen, it's all right, but from experience, you've been eating more than that. <clears throat> and then they go, "Oh yeah, I just didn't want to tell you," and they have this sense of like. They, they don't want to feel ashamed and it can become this sort of vicious cycle as, it is. as you said how did you get over that well so i it was literally just having time away like honestly it generally was like i came off a meal plan like now i'm all for meal plans right in prep because you can control so many variables and i like my clients as well to be on them in prep but because before like two years ago i would have advised clients you know do a meal plan it's it's good, it's easy, because that's what I knew. Yeah. I didn't know a life as a coach on macros, and macros scared me because it's, you know, you have a lot of freedom. Um, so then it wasn't until last year, like, I don't know when my appetite was really bad, that we stopped. Actually, no, maybe it was in October, just literally gone, 2019, that I just stopped meal plans. And then, honest to God, I don't have any guilt with food now. I don't feel guilty. I go out, when I first um, met my boyfriend, I wouldn't even go for a meal with him. Oh. We'd been with each other for a few months and I hadn't gone on a date night, you know, for a yeah. meal. And that's sad. Yeah. That's really sad. And he said to me, Chloe, and I'm lucky I had him because he's been my saving grace because he, because he's, he really trains and he wants to compete, but he now works in the city. So he's a, you know, hyper business. So he doesn't want to be competing for him. Isn't, isn't a goal now, but sure. so I think I would class him outside the bodybuilding world. So he's on, you know, he, he's a normal person, so to speak, looking down on me. And he said to me, it just took me out of this bubble that I was in and was like, Chloe, what you're doing isn't normal. You look amazing. You're not going to get fat from going for off per meal. You're still going to get to your goals. You're still going to win. And then that next year I won. Yeah. Um, but I think you just need someone to just kind of make you realise that meal, you can't live your life on a meal plan. Your body needs different foods. Your mind needs different foods. Your taste buds. You know, it's normal life. Yeah, yeah. I, I mean, hundred percent. And everything you just described about keeping clients on a meal plan, and whatnot. That's kind of what I got them to do yeah. years ago. But see now, I mean, even take little Clara last year for example. It was on show day. She checked in, and I was like, right, thirty grams of carbs, twenty gram protein, go, and then. I think we repeated it again and when we got to the show i was like oh what did you have to eat by the way because i trusted her enough to to make yeah. a, a wise decision now any beginner don't just do that speak to your coach yeah. first right <laughs> yeah. clara's like three years experience but um i think that being able to have the freedom i bet you probably had this sense of just like relief off your shoulders when yeah. you got pulled out of that bubble and i bet you well you tell me did you start and just enjoying life more yeah so with, uh, obviously with, with meal plans, like when Cal set me mine out, it has like five meals and I felt like I had to hit, I have to eat it here, I have to get this one in here because I had to get those those meals in. Sure. And that stressed me out. So just removing the whole meal plan thing allowed me to, I basically just keep my protein the same. 
then obviously on training day, I'll just bias carbs, rest it, I'll bias fats. So I'm not actually worrying necessarily about a macro split as such. You either like not like, you know, to a T. Yeah. But it just gives me so much freedom. And like today I was, when I went to work, I just grabbed some sushi and I can just check, track it on my fitness pal. Yeah. And it's just all there and it's just easy. Like, I don't know. I just, I've just, just been able to switch off from it. And I think anyone who's struggling out there, if you feel like you can't live your life off a meal plan, please, please sort it out. Honestly, because it is just going to get worse and worse. And then what happens when bodybuilding is not there? Yeah. No, like and, what happens and that, that that kind of leads us on to the next question we were going to speak about which it's not often, i think it's discussed so much more now but it's not often discussed about the detrimental effect of like say prepping continuously on female health physiology in, in, in regards to the menstrual cycle because quite naturally females will lose their cycle during a prep it might take them four months to regain it and then they prep again and then it goes away but perhaps when it came back it maybe only came back for two months so they're not fully recovered yet and once this happens year in, year out, you've not had a full menstrual cycle for, say, yeah. three years. Now, I guess, not you, I was meaning, sorry, women. Um, yeah, yeah. But I think that often we get, well, this is a bodybuilding thing, we get so wrapped up with where we are now because we're like, right, tick the boxes, do a train, do this, do that. We forget that in 10, 15 years' time, we like, they maybe want to have a baby. But yeah. then we don't take that in consideration, right? So, I mean, Throughout your prep, did you experience that, and you know how long did it take to get you back, to get yours back, or, so, or whatnot? Um, before we go into cycle, I just wanted to add one more thing about the, just the health side of it all. Yeah, go for it. Um, yes, yeah, so the reason I lost my appetite was definitely due to the fact that prep caused a lot of stress in my gut, um, and obviously, probably being on a meal plan for three years didn't help that because my gut wasn't getting fed, you know, different things like just an, an array just to feed your gut all the good you know and it wasn't getting any goodness in it and just had the same stuff going in all the time so that's why I lost my appetite uh, well part and parcel of it because my gut was just messed up just yeah. put it through so much stress yeah I mean we say we are what you eat but it's really you are what you eat digest assimilate and don't discreet right and yeah. I think that Luke and Cal are the people to go to they'll speak about the microbiome yeah. all day and, and I couldn't do it justice. I say, anyone, go listen to the episodes with Luke on that and, and you'll get more out of it. But ultimately, if, if your digestion ain't ticking, ain't going 100%, everything's off. Everything's well, when off. I last competed, I looked at my pictures and I had, I used to have a like, distended tummy in my last year competing. My first year and second year, I would have a washboard stomach and my abs would be popping. And then in my last year, even though I did win, I just noticed that, I had a distended tummy, but like an African kid. Yeah. And I looked back and I was thinking, oh, that is a gut problem going on. And because I was so uh, in the head with prep, I thought it was the, you know, the, the sweetness that I was having because I was stupid with them. Never do sweetness, by the way. <laughs> Dr. Pix said that in your last one, your yeah. podcast. Um, and then I, you know, then we were like, well, am I not eating enough fiber? Am I eating too much fiber? Yeah. There's all these things. So I thought it was down to that, but it was, something going on in my gut and that was the first I think the onset of it was then um but yeah then go back to periods and cycles and stuff yep. I am very lucky I well I lose my cycle say I'd start so when I start prep in January I can guarantee you that my cycle's gone by April okay. March April and then like clockwork within a month of finished competing I've always had my cycle back 
That's really And then it's good. regular. I've never, ever, ever had an issue with my period ever before. That's really But I will good. lose it all the way through prep. So a good few months, which scares me. It does scare me, but I'll always make sure I get my bloods done. I've got, so I've used Medichex for, it's the Ultra Vit Women one. Yeah. And then I got their performance one done last year and then I got extra hormones on there as well. Yeah. Just look at my sex hormones more so to like delve into it a bit more. Yeah. I mean, uh, because, yeah, because having kids for me is one of my main life goals. I think like the, the one girl that opened my eyes was Dr. Carrie Jones. Um, I got a client to do a Dutch test and uh, I've done physiology at uni and I, I know a little bit about it but I got the results from it and it just looked like, just looked like hylogryphics because you'll be the same right like when you're when you're working and you're busy doing check-ins or whatnot you don't need to remember the physiology that you learned before you just kind of crack on so she actually analyzed it for free because I had her on a podcast right I, I said and she, she did it <laughs> and uh, just eye-opening really how how much stuff can be thrown off but ultimately it all came down to stress you know and, and what you what you done with your with sort of your food and your, the variety that you added in you felt better about it so you weren't obviously chronically thinking about oh shit you know i can't get my, my oats and whey in or i can't like instantly you're, you're reducing that sympathetic drive that sympathetic load and and systems like digestion or the menstrual cycle come back however not all women are as fortunate as you and I still work with some so I'm working with one right now who she competed back in 2018 and she she lost it and um, we got it back for two months before she decided she wanted to compete last year so not fully recovered went away within a month we're now sitting she competed last June finished the end of June still not back yet God. You, you know what I mean and then I thought, right, it's got, yeah. to be, it's got to be a thyroid issue. And then I had Dr. Eric on a podcast last week and I was like, it's stress. It, like, yeah. It's all, it's all it is. And he'll explain, by the time this goes out, that, that podcast will be out, so I'll just get people to refer to that one. Um, but it's just unbelievable. And a lot of people out there will think that we're broken in records, that we honestly constantly say it. But I often think that the bodybuilders that look the best that do the best, that grow and come back each year, are the ones that are able to have that flick of the switch. I'm, yeah. I'm prepping, say, all the time, because I always say the prep's constant, it's just where you are in the journey, but they're not as stressed about every single little detail when they're not dieting. They'll yeah. maybe have a beer, or they'll have a pizza and, and not worry about it. I know us guys do. Um, I, yeah, I certainly do. I, I, I certainly do, right? Um, but it's just amazing to see... And, and how much it's just not really considered in the industry. And kind of takes me on to the next point where just how often we see females in the industry just treated like like little male bodybuilders when, when they're really not. And I think that often comes down to their coach or the choice of coach. Um, I mean, how, how important do you think it is, you know, to be considering or what should you think a female should consider before going with a coach, whether it's for prep or for just coaching or whatever? Um, obviously, I've had, I've had three coaches now. So the first one, he's not even known. Uh, but he's very old school, very old school. So it's literally like chicken, broccoli, rice. Chicken, broccoli, rice. That was it. Grow splits, how I managed to grow. Well, obviously, anyone's going to grow if you put loads of them, if they never lifted before. But I couldn't have stuck with that. So I then moved to Josh, Mikhail. Now I'm with 
cow. Um, I think looking, so if I look at why I chose the previous coaches, because, well, A is results, obviously, if you're going to, yeah. someone wants to do results. But then on the flip side, just because a coach is getting girls to turn pro, that doesn't mean they're coaching. And when I say coaching, I mean the physiology, the psychology, being there for your client. I'm, I'm, you know, I'm all about all of that. You know, it's not, it's not just getting them a pro card. It's not just getting them a trophy because I've heard and known people to get trophies, but the path to get there was just unprofessional and not the best, you know, but I'm, I'm not here to make any names because I can't even think of any names straight away in my head, but these are things that you hear and you just come across being in the industry, but, and just talking to people. But I think you just need to see if they're getting results, but don't always just go for someone just because they have pro athletes on their team because they need to fit you. So when you have that initial contact call with them, does their personality suit your personality? Um, what can they offer you? You know, just go into like, talk about your problems and how they can help you. And if they really can give you help with that, then by all means go ahead, but don't just go for someone just because you can see 2000, sorry, 200,000 followers on Instagram um, and IFBB pros in their team. Cause that sometimes doesn't make a fuck all bit of difference. Yeah. Cause it's same with, with Cal. Um, I mean, the man's genius and I won't say too much because his head will get too big. <laughs> it's, already, it's already big. It's yeah, already big. he's already big. He's getting huge now so and, and his head is getting bigger. I don't know how. <laughs> I don't know how his head is going as well. <laughs> um, but I think, you know, the, the muscle mentors as a whole, people, I think they're just, they've taken coaching and bodybuilding to a whole different level. Yeah. And gone are the days of chicken and broccoli and bro split, you know, we're now, it, it's all developing and we're now coming into a different kind of coaching style. And it's actually a coaching style that you are going to be able to walk when you are older. You yeah. are going to be able to have kids. Yeah. You are going to be healthier. And people might say, oh, this fucking cuff lateral raises, all this fucking blood work. Okay, let's see then in 10 or 15, 20 years where we are all compared to the people that don't believe in all that shit. Yeah. It's not shit. That, that, Do you know what I mean? And I know that's yeah. a bit extreme, but it's just when we're picking a coach, you just need to, I don't I can't really explain it properly. I think I've explained it. Yeah, all, no, but... no, you have done. Yeah, I just thought that from again from your experience, and obviously I know you've worked with different coaches, but as have I as well. And yeah, you know, I, I worked with James a couple of years ago, and uh, other muscle mentors, and James taught me loads. And why did I finish with James? Because at the time, I was like, James, you've taught me everything I need to know, and from where I am right now, I think I can kind of go it alone. And then I'd known Carl since twenty sixteen, um, and then when I was deciding I was going to prep this year I didn't want to do it on my own and I was like he knows me he'll know me inside out a lot of my physiology or uh, a lot of my methodology sort of based upon what they do so it made sense but it's kind of like today right you've got this like old school camp and this new school camp right and the new school camp the new school camp are kind of like okay the old school we that like we understand that works and we'll take bits of it but we'll we'll add in say cuff raises or banded stuff but the, this old school side, they just don't don't see and they can't agree with anything yeah. new school. You know what I mean? I've just moved to a, a sort of kind of bodybuilding gym in Perth. And and they, like me and a few other boys going in, we're doing cuff raises we're, and whatnot. And the guys come on like, you guys are going to cause a stern here because you're doing a lot of new stuff. And we're like, still, still stacking hack squat and you're not. You know what I mean? So like, the, there's that. Oh, you, you come for a deadlift session, bro. And I'm like, I don't deadlift. 
no, just, yeah, we don't do conventionals because they don't think about biomechanically or do you need to do that to get that? No, you don't. I don't need to do a conventional deadlift because I have RDLs and stiff legs. But, for example, you, you're tall. Like, yeah. would a deadlift suit you? Probably not. Like, you know, people need to think about biomechanics, how you put together. But obviously, like, with me, like, with Josh, I learned a lot of Josh because I just came from... Um, so I transitioned over to being uh, PT, I can't how long it was, four, three, four years ago. So Josh was really good at helping me, you know, I've taught, I, I learned a lot of him, but then after two years with him, I just wanted a fresh pair of eyes. And Callum, I've always known from M10 and just seeing the stuff that he's putting out, you know, and I want to learn more and I've learned so much of him and I can't thank him enough for that. And that's, you know, it's just from the check-in process to how he deals with me as a psycho athlete <laughs> no i'm not i'm not that bad <laughs> just wait till prep though um but no i think i think you need to you know people need to be open-minded about you know don't feel like you have to necessarily stay with that one coach because obviously like you want people to be loyal to you like when i had a couple of girls need last year to go elsewhere that hurts that it does hurt you know when they're really you know good athletes but it happens that's the sport yeah. You know, it, it is the nature of the sport. And as long as you don't go around bad-mouthing that, that coach that got you the trophies and that served you well, then it's fine. But don't be that dickhead that does that either because that's out of order. Yeah, yeah. I mean, 100%. <laughs> I think that... the stuff like, my coach did this. And, but I'm, I'm like, mate, just, just shut the fuck up, right? Don't put stuff on social media. Yeah, that, <laughs> that, that frustrates me. But I think you're right in the sense of, uh, you know, it's happened It's happened to me. And when it, do, when it does, I'm kind of like, I don't mind because I remember who's like I was there when it all started yeah. and and I was able to be part of your journey and it's just time to to move on because in in our game there's always someone new coming on board and exactly. you, you can't dwell on oh well that that client's no longer with me it's I've got to then focus on the next one but sometimes just having um like a new coach can get get someone excited because exactly but i mean because you can see you know there's some girls that turned pro last year and they've all moved from their coach to elsewhere and that coach got them on you know winning winning their pro card and then that so that you think god that must hurt but it's just another you know it's just you just move on and it, it, it is just the nature of the sport unfortunately so any online coaches listening to this which there probably will be a few don't ever be disheartened if you know if someone leaves you. Um, just get feedback, and you know, because you always want to prove your service. No one's perfect. Not even Callum's perfect. Oh, quite yeah. well. I'm, 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 I'm sure he knows <laughs> He's that. He's near enough, you know, but 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 no one is perfect. You know, there's always going to be something that we can all improve, right? Oh yeah, hundred percent. I think that any good coach out there will be nodding along, thinking, yeah, there's always like, there's always something you don't know. And what a lot exactly. like my best advice to anyone is. Hire a coach that, one, you aspire to, to have yeah. a business-like or knowledge-like because you'll learn. And even though I can prep people, like the way comes prep me now, I now change how I prep people because of some small things I've learned from him. And I always yeah. think that there's way more value in that. Like whatever you invest, you'll get back tenfold because of what you like. You're able to better your own service. So I lot. Exactly, and I think anyone that's wanting to compete getting a coach a good decent one you know is is a really good investment and also you know you don't have to go for the you know the likes of Callum or anyone but even you know yourself and I we're, we're coached by him so that's 
you know, people will think, oh God, because some people have said to me, you know, you're coached by Cal, so I would love to be coached by you because you can pass down the knowledge. So it's like, you know, it's kind of, if choosing a coach as well, if they're coached by good people, that's a kind of a good indication that they will probably. Oh yeah, absolutely. Really, really now, there's probably a lot of female competitors out there listening that look up to you massively. They're inspired by you. They're like, fuck, have you seen her quads? Have you seen her delts or whatnot? And they maybe want a similar looking physique one day. And, and what I think would be would be good is, if that girl's listening, what, what advice would you give her? So, first of all, um, I wasn't born like this, okay? I don't care what anyone says. So, you know, it's all genetics, Chloe. Okay, potentially my legs are bigger because of horse riding, because of my sport. But then if you look at the pictures of me eight, 10 years ago, I was tiny. You know, I wasn't very big at all. So I've, I, to get a decent physique and to get, you know, if, if you want, cause I get comments all the time, how do you grow your legs? And I'm like, there's no magic workout or certain rep range, or I don't know, that's gonna definitely get you these legs. It's a multitude of things. You can't expect to grow if you're not eating. You can't expect to grow if you're not progressively overloading. You can't expect to grow if you're not committed. All these things come together and them combined together will give you a better physique. But if there's one missing, one box not ticked, unfortunately, it's going to take you longer to get to that desired physique. And that's just the long and short of it. If you see me in the gym, I am working so hard, like to the point where I think I'm going to shit myself. I'm not even joking. <laughs> when I'm at the back, like bottom of my hat squat. We've all been it's there. Just like, yeah, exactly. But, and also I don't care what anyone says about me in the gym. Yeah. I don't care if I don't look pretty. I don't care if I'm not wearing the latest. I do, I'm, I'm in there to train and mm. you'll always see me. People will always say, even where I train now at Graftism, they'll say, yeah, that girl trains most, you know, harder than most men. And you just need to bury yourself, you know, and you need to trust the process and things take time. Like I started weight training four or five years ago. Yep. Um, and it's only taken to me this well, this year, last year, to look like I do now. But still, I'm not where I want to be. My doubts aren't big enough. <laughs> My back's not big enough. Like, so we always want to improve, but just also remind yourself how, how far you've come and be, re- like, be re- realistic yeah, with yeah. yourself. And don't, you know, don't say, don't, and don't compare yourself. You know, because if I compared myself to some of my mates who were IPB pros, I would never progress. Yeah. Because, you know, they've got things that I don't have and I've got things that they don't have. You know, and and you can't spend your life doing that. You just can't. That's the thing. I'm I'm glad you said don't compare yourself because too many competitors live on Instagram. Now I know I'm on Instagram a lot, but because that's because it's for business and that's where our clients hang out, right? Is on Instagram. Um, but too often before a show, they're they're looking at their fellow competitors to be. They're screenshotting stuff. They're like putting it beside their physique and like, oh, am I better? Or oh, I'm going to beat them. They're going to beat me. And I think rather than get so wrapped up in everybody else, they, they often forget, well, they've got to go get their own training and they're not focusing on their own lobby. Every ounce of energy that's spent compared to someone else is an ounce of energy wasted where you could have been focusing on yourself. So exactly. I'm super, super glad that you said that because it's just, just not said nothing. And, and I'll be honest, I did that. 2016 to 2017, last time I competed, I was screenshotting winners. I was putting me beside them. I was like, oh, he looks all right, but I look sick and I'm going to beat him. And then I don't even place. And then, you, yeah, then you're yeah. mass, massively disheartened, feel like a failure, and it takes you a while to realise, shit, it was only a fucking bodybuilding show, go over it. Exactly. So, when, when I first competed, Vaughan, um, Instagram wasn't actually 
really around back then. It wasn't used like it is now, right? So that was, you know, going back nearly five years ago. Um, so I turned up at my first bodybuilding show. No one had a fucking clue who I was. And they were like, oh my God, who's this girl? I didn't post anything, barely anything. And I just turned up and I did, well, I got, you know, a top three. Um, and then again, like when I last competed, I just don't try and look at, you know, people sending me people, she thinks she's going to be against you. I don't care. Like, and even now I'm not, it's crazy. I'm, I'm obviously into bodybuilding, but I'm not looking on Instagram to see the latest pro. I'm not looking, I'm, I'm not looking at all these things or who's competing for PCA or two bros this year. I really don't care. Honestly, you could ask me who, who is the latest so-and-so and I wouldn't even know because as much as I love bodybuilding, I'm not focusing on who's winning this, who's doing this yeah. show, who's here, who's there. I don't care because yeah. I'm okay about myself. And as long as I go on stage next year and I look better than the previous year, I have got my goal in my head, but don't we all? Yeah. Um, but obviously I won't be, obviously I would be disheartened if I didn't get there, but as long as I look better, then that's but, winning in my eyes. But the thing is, someone like you, like success for you is not going to happen by chance. It's just a mere certainty because... If it doesn't happen next year, it'll happen in the year after or the year after that because you will just keep coming back, coming back yeah. and coming back. And and that's the thing. You love the journey. You love the process. And it's why I think we get, on, get along because I'm all about that. Like for me, I honestly couldn't care about the lights, the stage, the trophies, whatever. For me, it's about progressing, like putting a weight on the bar that you've never done before and smash and smashing it right and then just you do that time and time again you look at your body and you just go holy shit is that, that's me like and it's probably the first time in four years i've dieted down and not felt small and i've went right yeah. something's kind of happening i'm still four or five years away but something's happening here so i'm going to keep doing it and and that's the thing i love about bodybuilding but i'm rambling now so i'm going to ask you the last question that i ask everyone i know you said this was a toughie but um, i hope you've had a chance to think about it so it doesn't need to be about bodybuilding it can be about anything your biggest lesson in life that you've learned to date, what would that be? Don't open yourself up to too many people. Ooh, okay. Could you elaborate so, on this? So I'm quite a, uh, you can probably tell, I'm quite an outgoing person, quite extrovert, yeah. as you may say. Um, and previously I've spoken to too many people about personal things, but things going on in my life or what, you know, ideas in my head or just anything really. But I think if you keep your circle small, there's going to be less drama. And I've learned just to not talk to people about everything. I like and that. Keep your cards close to your chest, as they say. Is that the right saying? <laughs> keep, keep your circle yeah. small. Yeah, I just, I just think if you just talk to too many people, there's just, you know, I don't know. And also, if I could say a second one, just don't compare yourself to other people. I like that one. That's a, that's a yeah, nice that's a, that's a nice simple one. I don't think anyone, I don't think anyone said that. I think this no. this is going to be episode number. I want to say thirty. I think it's thirty, um, and I don't think anyone's actually said that on a podcast. So we'll take that all day every day. Now I think that for anyone listening out there, um, compare or non-compare, we'll have a good a good indication of your experiences, you know, your advice on things, and what I would want you to do is just give the listeners out there an idea of. If they want to get in touch with you, and you know they want to follow you, they don't know they maybe want your signature or something like that. How can they get in contact with you? Um, so best way is Instagram because it has my email on there as well, and um, that's CPT underscore fitness. Um, so that's the best place to contact me on, and I'm quite an open book, so I'll answer most questions, and I'm quite good at responding as well. So 
if you guys ever need to talk to about anything, you know, don't feel as well. Like I am a very secretive person in terms of people come up to me and they ask me questions. I won't say a thing to, you know, anyone. So if there's anything that you're struggling with, whether that's binging, cycles, any like periods or anything like that, just don't, you know, don't feel that you can't talk to me because I'm always there. So, yeah. Awesome. Awesome. Now, I'm sure from everyone listening, um, especially from me, we wish you the best for next year. Um, I look forward to watching you get shredded. Um, it'll yeah, be okay. it'll be a sight based on your, your pictures from your last comp um, and, and what the wizard Callum can do um along with your work ethic it'll be it'll be it'll be hard to beat i'm sure um and i'll be be pretty pretty awesome to see but i guess (laughs) anyone listening uh from me and from chloe whatever you do whatever you are give it the